and welcome to a maintainable episode of We <laughs> Only Look Thin. I am Katherine Weigel. I have lost about 150 pounds. Wow. And I have maintained that weight loss for it'll be going on three y'alls yeah. by the time this episode comes out. And yeah, it's almost uh, almost exactly the three-year anniversary of that. It is. Who are you? I am Donald Weigel. What are you doing here? I maintain that I am your husband. <laughs> and I... For 22 years, actually. Yeah, yeah, 22 two years by the time this uh, airs <laughs> if and we make it if we make it they said it's like we lethal wouldn't last. weapon <laughs> yeah i don't know I if we've said this week. before on the podcast but we've basically stayed together out of spite, spite. because no one said it would last when we got Nobody. married <laughs> we got married very young yeah. we do not suggest that uh, as a rule we were very mature for our ages <laughs> I, I was just i was just chatting with two uh boy you know childhood i almost said boyhood friends two childhood friends a boyhood friend yeah <laughs> Pomeroy, who is it? with two childhood friends who we've all been married more than 20 years and one of them has been married 29 years and we're all the same age and i it was like, I would never advise anyone in their 20s to get married. I would always tell them to wait. And yet all three of us did it and have managed to uh, to keep it going. It's funny. I always used to think, I was like, wise beyond my years. People would be like, oh, you're an old soul. And like, yeah. yes, I am. I am an old soul. And then we're going through old boxes and paperwork and stuff because it's COVID and we're just at home all the time. So yeah. we have to do stuff. And I went through a box of my old like letters and journals. There was no old soul no. about me. I was no, self-centered. A, a I cursed a lot. Angsty, teen angsty teenager. Slash Holy yeah. moly! I was not. No one's going to make my childhood home a museum and fill it with my many letters. Oh with, my god! It'd be so funny if they did. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I would it's laugh. So, so embarrassing. People walking around looking at your childhood letters, going, "How did she end up?" As cool as she did. I saw the letters and then apologized to Donald because <laughs> I, and like our daughter will read her texts sometimes and I'll be like, tisk, tisk. Yeah. Well, when I was a child, I would never say, and then I look at my letters yeah. and. Letters was, that you wrote, some of which when you actually were technically an adult. Yeah, and, and like a married and a like, grown up. It was like, it's so yeah. stupid. And like, things are dumb. Things are dumb, everybody. Everybody's stupid. Well, and then you see old letters that, like, you know, like, oh, Abraham Lincoln wrote to his dad when he was 10. And it, it just, it's embarrassing to see. Not an old soul, mostly just a whiny crybaby. Yeah. Uh, but I've grown up all, all right. Things are working out now. I'm hitting my stride. Yeah. We, uh, we in our late 40s, and I'm now 50, uh, have uh, very late. finally gotten our- Baker's dozen yeah, uh, yeah. version of 40. Managed to get our, uh, our food and exercise uh, selves together and uh, are making it happen. Um, as we mentioned, we've both been maintaining. I've been uh, at maintenance for about two and a half years. And- <laughs> or a a month, depending on how you look yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or a month. We'll get into that later. We're going to talk about weight maintenance. And um, for reasons we will elaborate on later, even if you're nowhere near that, even if you're just starting, it's important to think about maintenance from the beginning and think about it as you're, uh, as you're losing weight. And uh, we'll tell you why. Yeah. And but first. But first. Well, but, but first, but second. We received an email from a dear listener. Uh, dear listener, Katie, let's call her because that's her name. Yeah. Uh, so we're this episode was uh, was brought up because of her, but Donald also has a story to share, which is the first before the second thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> You're as we're recording this, it is still the time of COVID, and uh, we've been doing uh, a lot of uh, keeping touch with people over Zoom calls and. Something that I've been doing, uh, I've done it three times now, about every two weeks is What to, is it? <laughs> yeah. I haven't, uh, I, I've been playing poker over Zoom. Uh, there's an app that we use where everybody's on the same app and then we can look at each other over, uh, over Zoom call and talk and chat and catch up with, uh, some guys. And the, uh, last night, uh, we played and a friend of ours who I hadn't, you know, other than sort of keeping in touch over Facebook, uh, he lives on the other side of the country. Haven't talked to him in a long time. He and his wife used to live here, and they told me a story about myself, which is horrifying. Oh, no. Okay, I know who you're talking about. You said you had a story to share, and now I'm going to hear it along with you, dear listener, for the first time, and I'm already horrified. It's awful, but I... 
I will. I want to share it as kind of a cautionary tale. And ooh, is it about that party that you went to of theirs? Yeah. Okay. And so I went to a party of theirs, and I knew part of this because I was there. I knew a lot of this story, but I don't know if I blacked out part of it or if I literally blacked out. But I, I didn't go to, to this party. Yeah, this was a holiday party. It was Memorial Day or Fourth of July or something like that. It was a backyard barbecue and. This was long before I had my uh, my diabetes diagnosis, but I ate too much and drank a little too much and got very incredibly sleepy. I, I won't say that I passed out exactly, but got super sleepy. And I, not wanting to like embarrass myself and just ask them if I could go lay down in a room. I went out to the back seat of my car, uh, which was parked on the street, and laid down in the back seat of the car and took a nap. I, I rem- as you're saying this, I remember you telling me that you went and napped in your car. Yeah, so here's the part that I either didn't remember or didn't know. They claim oh boy. <laughs> that I took a full like giant bag of Doritos with me to the back seat of the car and fell asleep clutching it like a teddy bear <laughs> and that that one of them found me and saw me and proceeded they proceeded to bring the entire party no! out <laughs> and look at me oh and, my god and I'm... laugh while I was asleep in the back of the car oh and my that god. I was clutching a full size bag of Doritos this was before the internet like everybody. a teddy bear yeah so I. I actually wish there were photographs of this. That is horrifying. It's horrifying. The way that like our, I'm actually horrified. The way that our friend put it was that I went into some sort of diabetic stupor because of how much I had eaten and passed out in the backseat of the Did car. Did he have anything nice to say? I feel uh, so bad. No, not really. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so my my point of bringing this up is that A, it's horrifying, and B, that if... I at this low point in my life there's there's two things if I could even later in life turn it around after doing like being that guy being the kind of guy who would go to a party and then fall asleep in the back seat of my car clutching a bag of Doritos if I can turn it's it around, it's on brand. I mean, yeah. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not so far fetched that it I don't his think favorite it happened. Snack yeah. treat. Um, that you can too. That it is possible to turn this around. Wow. And also, how crazy was it that I didn't see that moment as some sort of like warning sign that I really should turn it around, and that it was really years later that I actually but, like, did something about it? If there had been photos, yeah, I know this is like off topic but if if you had seen a photo and had known i mean that's a horrifying story that like yeah your friends of 20 plus years are just telling you now but like they have commented recently how great you look and how fit yeah, you yeah, are yeah. and stuff like that but like those moments that you don't know that happened that's horrifying yeah so i i guess what i'm trying to say is Think about your lowest moment, and if you haven't passed out in the back of a car <laughs> clutching, clutching a bag of Doritos, you can do this too. <laughs> and even if you have, you can do this too. And this is like your red Dodge Omni days too. Oh, this yeah. isn't like a spacious vehicle. No, no, no. This, this is... was a, a small car, and I thought I was avoiding embarrassment by doing it, and apparently I amplified it like wow. hundreds of times. That's a great kickoff to a very nice story about maintaining your weight. Cut to <laughs> years later, and I have now maintained a hundred pound weight loss for about two and a half. Studio years. audience, clap, 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 clap. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we—that's a big. I'm still processing all of this. That there are a lot of feelings that go along with that. Those embarrassing moments that you don't realize are happening. I'm sure we have dirt on all of them as well. We yeah. just need to start working on it. <laughs> yeah. No, I did bring up a story regarding our friend, which I won't repeat okay. on this episode. All but right, yeah, it's right. pretty good. Pretty good times. So um, we, uh, cutting to the actual uh, meat of the episode, so to speak, we received an email from a wonderful listener named Katie. Katie! Hello, So good to Katie. hear from you. We actually love getting emails from listeners. We do, and she suggested a topic which we have been long overdue, I think, in addressing, and um, she wanted to talk about weight maintenance. And she sent us the following email, and I'm just going to start by reading it. Katie says... 
Thanks for your terrific podcast. Thank you. That's it. That's all we had to say. You are right. (laughs) It's not a question. Is terrific. It's not an opinion. And so the the topic of this podcast is how terrific is this podcast? So terrific. Is it the greatest podcast (laughs) of the twentieth century, a twenty first century, or the greatest podcast of all time? We're not sure. Nobody needs to know that. Don't let us know. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Uh, No, continuing the email. Thanks for the terrific podcast. Would you consider doing a show about the time during a weight loss journey venture when you are about to hit or have just hit maintenance? Yes. Yes, we would. Yes, And this we is going to be the one where we talk about this it. This is it. Over the last year and a half, I have lost 63 pounds. Clap, wow. clap, 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 clap. I wonder if she's a questioner and a, like, a number person because that's very specific. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's like, that's like when you're five and a half and you're like i am five and five quarters and like you're just on it you're specific i like it katie good well job. if we're going to talk about maintenance i used to say i used to say my exact like i've lost 103 pounds i've lost 104 pounds but you know i kind of go up and down a little bit in a five pound range so now i just say i've lost about Lucy 100 pounds Lucy. yeah 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 it's all falling apart she says she goes on and says while there is no finish line Sorry, while the there is no finish line mindset has been a constant touchstone, I have been because focusing- we're so great and terrific. <laughs> You're welcome. You two are so good looking. She goes on to write. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. I have been focusing on a goal on the scale throughout. I have achieved the weight. Yay! Uh, and she did actually write yay. And I'm wondering where to put my focus now, which is a great question. Uh, And then she writes a series of questions. Did you two each have a number you were aiming toward while you were losing? Did it reset at all? How did your thinking shift once you were certain you were at the right weight? Part of me wants to set another lower weight goal just because that has been my practice. I'd appreciate your perspective as always. Best, Katie. Also, you're still very good looking. Super good looking (laughs) and inspirational, she goes on to say. And modest and humble. Yeah, yeah. Super, super humble. There's a whole PS where she Yeah, she just goes on and on. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to save everybody from that. I won't read it word for word. But knowing the Doritos story kind of balances everything out in terms of the humble bragging because you see how far we can go in either direction. Yeah, that guy is still inside me, by the way. The guy who uh, passed out in the back of a car with a bag of Doritos. Um, So we thought we would start and try and answer these two questions. And as I started to say earlier, there, even if you are so far away from maintenance that you don't want to consider this, I find, I have found in hindsight that thinking about my maintenance the whole time I was doing this was really essential to me being able to maintain sort of practicing as I went along the idea that I was going to do this for the rest of my life. As Katie says, you know, we talk about all the time, there is no finish line. So thinking about maintenance from the very beginning is important. And realizing that you do have to maintain for the rest of your life, uh, there's no just losing the weight and then you're done, you're fixed, and it's like, I don't don't want to think about it anymore. Guess what? We think about it every day. We think about it so much that we have a podcast where we can think about it all day. So yeah, so whether or not you are getting close to maintenance or 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 you're at maintenance or whether you're so far away from that that it seems, you know, impossible, I think that you can get something out of a maintenance-based episode. Yeah, so I think we're going to go through uh, her questions and then Donald and I have different experiences with this. So it's not like we didn't have to do any research on this episode. We just had to <laughs> we just had to archive our mind palace and figure out out, uh, what we thought about everything. So, P.S. We both have mind palaces. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, you know it goes to show there is no one size fits all solution to maintenance. I think everybody's going to be a little bit different, and I think people's bodies are going to react differently. But let's start with her first question: Did you two each have a number you were aiming toward as you were losing? And I'll go ahead and go first. And yes, is the answer, but. My number came about in a weird way. When I first got my diabetes diagnosis, I just knew I needed to lose some weight. So I just, on a lark, put a number into my Fitbit app, once I actually got the Fitbit app and got going on it, that was 80 pounds down from where I was. And I remember distinctly saying to myself, 
well, 80 pounds, that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen, but I'm just going to throw it in there just to see what happens. And then what I really did was just focus on the one pound in front of me, the five pounds in front of me, and and did it in baby steps and realized that every step towards that 80 pounds was a step in the right direction. And I thought, even if I don't actually get to that weight, at least I'm making some progress. And that was the mindset that really kept me going. And then when it looked like it was going to become a reality when I got down there, I really thought about it and I realized I needed, you know, in air quotes, needed, I wanted to be another, you know, 20 to 25 pounds lower than that number. And so then I readjusted and and reset. She Her second question is, did you reset it at all? And yes, I reset it and ended up sort of settling, uh, and I'll go into that a little bit more, but settling on a number that was about 100 pounds below where I was. So, and for me, when I started, I specifically did not set a huge target because every single time in the past I had set a huge target, I would put a timeline on it. And if I was successful the first week losing weight, like say I lost two pounds, I'd say like, okay, well, two pounds a week times whatever weeks, and then I'll be in my perfect weight by December 24th. Yeah. And then I can eat whatever I want on Christmas. Like, yeah. And so I specifically did not set a huge number. All I did was look at five pounds down because five pounds to me meant I could fit back into my pants. And that is what I did the entire time I was losing weight. I never had a huge goal. I had five pounds. So and in hindsight, I think that's the smarter way to go. Well, and it, you know, I didn't know I was going to lose 100 pounds. I right. was honestly not thinking that I was going to be the weight that I am now. I just said five pounds will get me into my jeans. When I got to that weight, I reset my weight to five pounds less. And yeah. I did that the entire time I went down the scale. I never, you know, so that was my goal was f a five pound increment. Could I do those five pounds? Yes. Could I then go below that? Now, when I hit, I had numbers in my head the whole time, but I never actually put them down. Yeah. So like, I was like, well, I remember being 40 pounds less than what I am now. And I felt pretty good there. So it'd be nice to at least get to that. That's not thin, that's not whatever, but like, I know I've been there before and it felt better. Then when I got to that weight, I said like, well, let me see if I can get down to what they call, oh, Wonderland, <laughs> which is 199, 199 pounds. And I was like, okay, let me, like, that's a goal. Okay. Wow. Okay. I got there. Could I lose another five? Yes. Could I lose another five? So we'll go more into like our end weights later, but I just looked at five pounds, five pounds, five pounds. And, uh, my, my total goal number changed. I don't know if I, I can stop talking now and then, um, maybe you can go to the next question. Well, her next question was, how did your thinking shift once you were at the right weight? And I, this is sort of a complicated answer for me. I had a number in mind. It was, you know, roughly a hundred pounds down, but I, once I got to that level, I kept thinking to myself that maybe I would feel even better or look even better if I got down another five or another 10. And so I kind of reset my goal even a bit lower than that. And I spent, you know, really most of two plus years saying to myself, well, maybe I'll lose a little more. And part of it came from, and I'm very reluctant to discuss this, but I think it's a reality of losing a bunch of weight. I have a bunch of loose skin in my middle area, uh, around my stomach area, and uh, a bit of a paunch that just, you know, even after losing 100 pounds, it just won't go away. And I suspect at this point that I might need surgery for it to go away. But I kept saying to myself, well, maybe if I lose another five, another 10, that I would see a dramatic improvement around that. And then I would decide, you know, where my maintenance number would be. And I kept trying and trying and then holidays would come up and I would go up a couple pounds and down a couple pounds. And so I basically stayed within this, you know, sort of five to seven pound range for this whole time. And 
I decided once and for all earlier this year that I was going to, you know, really do, really get down to that, that final number. And so I cut my calories and I cut my calories and I, things just weren't coming off. And it just seems like I have settled into this sort of number. I, I know there is some science behind the idea that your body, you know, when you get to a certain point and you just end up holding on to the calories, your metabolism changes as you lose weight. And so I decided I was going to add more calories back to my life. And this was going to be the weight where I am. And so I finally have decided that I'm really on maintenance for real now. And I am, I've added the calories back to my life. It's more enjoyable for me to eat a little more and, food. And, and he's talking like 300 calories. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, a yeah, thousand yeah. calories. It's it's a moderate, it's like a bag of Doritos, a yeah. small bag of Doritos. So I'm, I'm eating about 300 calories more a day than I was a couple of months ago, but I've I've finally resigned myself to the fact or, or become comfortable with the fact that this is my maintenance weight, that I'm here, that I'm... I'm not done because I have to maintain it, but this is the goal and this is where I am. And uh, that is my very long story <laughs> of how I uh, changed my thinking about it. Well, and for me, you know, I, I did the five pounds, five pounds. I had a number of kind of when I was in the finishing stretch or the, the end stretch or whatever sports things people say. <laughs> uh, seventh sports inning stretch. Things, <laughs> such as and including, including sports words. and action and uh, catching. Exactly. So I had a number in mind. And it was, it ended up being lower than any adult weight I had ever had, which was a surprise to me. Like, I never thought that the number that I was going for was going to be my number. I then went below that, and it almost felt, you know, like you're riding your bike without training wheels for the first time. It's like, oh my gosh, it's happening. And then I went even lower than that. So I was about, I think the last time I was at the the weight that I was was like in seventh grade or sixth grade. It was, it was a long time ago. And I decided that I would pick a date to decide on maintenance. So I, I sort of didn't know what the magic number was. Yeah. But I decided that I was going to tell myself I was in maintenance on June 2nd, 2017. That was my like, whatever weight you are that day is your maintenance weight because it, it gets to the point where it's like, does it matter if it's a pound or two pounds? Yeah. Like it really is arbitrary. It's about the habits. It's not necessarily about the number. And once again, I think you're proving that you're better at this than me because I think your strategy on this is also <laughs> better than my strategy of, you know, sort of never really kind of settling and deciding maybe I needed to lose more. Maybe I don't. Well, because it just weight fluctuates so much. And yeah. like the June 2nd was a week after Memorial Day weekend, which is also our anniversary weekend. So we went away that weekend and I was like, I know I'm going to be up on the scale, but I'm going to drive myself crazy if I keep negotiating on the number. Yeah. So June 2nd was my maintenance date. Now, I have not maintained that weight. Like my weight has changed down eight pounds, up eight pounds from that. But that was kind of my like, I have passed the force field into maintenance. I went down farther than that, kind of like Donald, and was asking myself, like, wow, now that I'm at this point, why don't I just go another five pounds and yeah, see what yeah, happens? Yeah. Like, Mr. Rogers has a special, like, his lucky number. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to be Mr. Rogers' lucky number. That's going to be my goal weight. And I think for me, I I have literally been maintaining for three years. But that does not mean that I have been coasting. It doesn't mean that I have, like, figured it out. No. Um, and I think I have kind of, like, my my three years at a glance. Do you mind if I... No, go right ahead. So the way... And, and this, is, this was done with as many as 30 seconds of research and Mind Palace uh, <laughs> excavation. But the first year on maintenance, and I think, you know, going to, to Katie's question about being like 63 pounds down, there was a time at which I would measure like every single ounce of weight loss. Oh, and yeah. I would announce it on the podcast of like, look at me, I've lost 153 pounds. Like 53.2, yeah. 53.2 <laughs> this week. And, and I was so specific about it. And I had a very tight rein on my habits, a very tight rein on my number. And it felt, it was so new 
you know, it's like when you first drive a car, you're like very yeah, specific yeah, yeah. and you don't listen to the radio and you're like, you know, hands at 10 and 2. 10 and 2 all the time, right? And so that was year one. And I got down to about almost 8 to 10 pounds lower than what I said my maintenance weight was. Yeah. But then the holidays hit. And then I went up and I was like, oh, okay, well, I went up a little bit, but I'm still under maintenance, so it's fine. The second year of maintenance was kind of more of a zigzag, some holidays, some extra indulgences. And when you get to those Gretchen Rubin loopholes of like, well, I'm at maintenance, it's fine if I take a weekend off. It's okay if I like, right. and you kind of, you know, maybe just have your hand on 10 and not two and you're playing with the radio and right. your foot's up on the dash, which is gross, but you're a little bit more relaxed about it. And then year three, which is what I'm just finishing up, there was a little bit more like more exceptions, a couple more like, oh, I'm up on the scale a little bit, but I'm, I am still fit into my clothes, so it's fine. And like I found myself kind of straying a little bit more. I'm still down 148 pounds or something. So it's right. like, but those those erosion of habits, those more exceptions, the holidays that sneak in, the best plans we have for going away and then overindulging, those old little habits start coming back in very small ways. I am still down 148 pounds, but those habits have started eroding a little bit. And I think that, the you know, suddenly you're driving with your knee, not yeah. your hands on 10 and 2. Well, but you you and maybe I'm maybe I'm cutting you off here if we're going to continue the driving metaphors. But, um, you know, you've in the last few months, you've really reined it back. in. Oh, though. yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You realized that that was happening and you pulled it back. Right. So. I had what we call a scream weight, the weight that you tell yourself, if you go over this number, that is the, you know, that's the danger number. That's the you need to turn your life around, you know, moment. Yeah, and, and I, I would suggest setting a scream weight for yourself. And, and you know, we just recently did an episode about uh, getting on the scale and, it's important to continue to get on the scale regularly, in my opinion, even after you achieve maintenance. It's it's just as important, possibly more important, to make sure that your that what you're doing is still working and that you're you're still within that comfortable range. Because if you start to slip and your habits start to slip, it's a really easy thing to do to start creeping back up that scale and not even know what's happening. Right. So. I had, you know, I think I go back and I listen to very early episodes of the podcast. And I remember being like, if I go over my scream weight, like, you better hit me with a club. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, it's very bold, very, right. like, you know, almost evangelizing. And as the years go on, I right now am four pounds over my scream weight. And yeah. I would be delighted to go back to my my scream weight. So I'm like, right at you know, I'm I'm about four pounds over what I was when I decided I was in maintenance. Four pounds is not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that I'm not still following my habits. But the, that little erosion that Donald talked about, you know, that was my beginning of the year uh, of 2020. And then COVID hit and like all this, yeah. you know, and so like blah, blah, blah. But I in the last, I think since April 13th, I have been super focused. So this is kind of like, you know, year one was a tight rain, year two was zigzag, year three was old habits, kind of a little bit of eroding. And now on year four, I'm kind of back to basics. I am back to like meticulous tracking to a deficit. Yeah. Hitting my step goal, hitting, you know, and we'll we'll talk about habits that are not scale related um, in a little while. But just to be clear, I have tracked calories pretty much every day for the last four years. I still track my steps. I still track my weight. There is no big change in the way I maintain my lifestyle. So, and and to Katie's question about sort of like, what do you look forward to now? We'll, we'll get to that. But I am still working on maintaining my weight. Maintaining your weight isn't an it isn't a number, it isn't a finish line, it isn't a date, it's a lifestyle. Maintenance is its own part of the whole journey. Just because the scale numbers aren't going down significantly week over week doesn't mean that we're still not doing all of the of the same habits. There's no like, oh, we're done and now we can just eat whatever we want. Like we want to make it very clear. We track, we walk, yeah. we limit alcohol, like 
it's pretty much the same with maybe a few more calories, 300 more calories a day. And maybe we're to still maintain. learning and still figuring this out. And, you know, I, I did this thing for a long time in maintenance, which was sort of a mini version of the thing we say all the time not to do, which was to, you know, don't try and lose a particular amount of weight by a, for a certain event or a certain date. And I would try and lose an extra three, four, five pounds before a vacation or before the holidays or something so that I would have a little cushion so that I could gain back a few pounds and it wouldn't be the end of the world. And I have learned over the last few years not to do that, to try and maintain that moderation throughout and plan my indulgences and do them as, you know, as part of the plan and not just, you know, sort of wing it for a week here and there. Yeah. And I think, you know, I know a lot of this is just sort of our experience, so it's not what everyone else is going to go through, but maintenance changes day by day depending on stresses depending on life events like it's not like suddenly we've crossed a finish line and it's over for us we still have to watch that we're not enabling each other's bad behaviors that we're not making too many exceptions and you know i don't know if anyone has noticed this but we created a podcast so we could talk about it all the time and yeah. stay present in, it. in the past every time we've lost weight it was like oh well that's something i did before and now we just go back to the old stuff like we needed so much accountability and so much you know uh, presence of mind about weight loss that we're doing a podcast so we can keep it at the front of our yeah, minds yeah seriously part of doing this podcast is to keep myself on track part of the reason i wanted to uh, to start it part of the reason and and i'd like to think the bigger part of the reason is so we are constantly figuring this out and we had to figure out a lot of this as we went along you have the benefit of our experience. You can listen to what we did and hopefully take that experience and and learn from it as we as you know learn what we had to learn kind of the hard way. Maybe you can learn it just by listening to us. Well, and I was on the Half Size Me podcast. Um, I think I'd only lost about sixty pounds yeah, back then. I think I had two when I was on there. Yeah. Right, and uh, I at the time uh, the host asked me what I you know, what my thoughts on maintenance were. And she was always really great about talking about a maintenance mindset. But I kind of had a very specific idea about what maintenance was going to look back even then. Yeah. Of like, well, you know, I think I'll just have like an extra handful of nuts a day or I'll, you know, have, you know, an extra tablespoon of oil for some reason. And I, I had it as a very specific goal. And you know, Donald made it clear that we were not going to cover every single aspect of maintenance in this episode because it could go on for four years. Yeah. But my idea of maintenance of just being like, oh, it'll be one extra bag of Doritos a day. My entire weight loss, you know, in the last three years of maintenance has been like eating at a deficit five days a week and then overeating two days a week, which kind of equals maintenance because on the weekends I'm eating more. Like it's not like suddenly I'm magically only eating an extra five almonds a day to maintain my weight. It has been much more volatile and much more about losing weight and maybe overindulging a little bit than it has been just suddenly magically eating like one tablespoon of olive oil a day. Yeah. And, and I want to get back to Katie's email uh, here in a minute. Oh, I do too. I was just about to say that. <laughs> but I think one of the, the lessons that I've learned is that maintenance looks a whole lot like losing weight. I mean, yeah. it's, it's almost the same. You couldn't really tell the difference. Yeah. It's just, you know, I sort of feel like it's the same thing, but with maybe some, maybe less guilt or less fear of, of things spiraling out of control because I, I, I know I'm here and I feel confident well, that I can keep going. And that's what, I mean, I remember at one point I'd lost 45 pounds and I remember feeling like it was slipping away from me. Like it felt like I did not have a strong grip on the situation. And I think what maintenance has done is shown me that it isn't something that can be lost or taken away from me. It's about my habits. Yeah. And if I have my habits, I have the weight loss. Yeah. Whereas before I thought it was outside of me, like an out, like a pressure pressing upon me, like gravity. But all it is is my habits. And either I keep my habits or I don't. And there's no, like, I'm not going to wake up and it's going to be gone. It's Am I doing the habits? Am I not doing the habits? Yeah, we're still doing the same things that we did to lose the weight. I'm still counting my steps and still aiming for 
a step goal every day and still aiming for a calorie goal every day. And it's about the same as it was when I was actively trying to to lose weight because bodies do that thing where things just sort of level out. And it's keeping those habits in place and continuing to do that over and over. But now I know I'm confident and I feel like I can do this for the rest of my life because I've kept that mindset of this is for the rest of my life. Well, and two, I think we've been flexible on our methods as circumstances have changed. I remember once like two years ago, we were out on a morning weekend walk and we used to do six, seven miles on a weekend morning. And I remember saying like, I can imagine myself doing this forever. And like, this will never change and blah, blah, blah. And like, now it's COVID and we can't do long walks, but we've come up with rebounders and other ways to get in steps. So I think that that perspective of like that agility and that nimbleness to be able to change a habit based on a circumstance is so much stronger now than it was four years ago where I would have been like, we can't go walking now. It's over. What am I going to do? So I think... You know, we're much better, and I think we'll talk about this later because there's more to come, people, um, but that our ability to modify is much stronger now than it was. And it's so much less about the number and just more about the the habits. Yeah. And so that, that leads us back into Katie's email where she says, I Oh, have- Katie's email is all about <laughs> Katie's email. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. We appreciate everything you do. We do. Um, she says, I have achieved that weight. She's achieved her goal weight. And I'm wondering where to put my focus now. Um, she says, part of me... Uh, wants to set another lower weight goal just because that has been my practice. And I think I totally understand that. We did an entire uh, episode about the hedonic treadmill, which is that tendency in human beings to get used to things and get tired of things and want to move on. And when when I first, and I think the same thing happened to Catherine, when I lost the weight, I got down to a certain weight and people would see me and they would constantly talk about how good I looked. And there was this constant rush of of validation, validation and ego boost. And, and then after a while, I was around all the same people and I just became me at this weight and that praise went away. And there's this this craving to continue that, to keep that going. And that like, well, now I'm at this weight. What do I do now? Where do I go from here? Well, it's funny. Um, I used to watch the movie Bridget Jones's Diary like a thousand times because it was just my my favorite movie. But there's a part where Bridget Jones, I promise there's a point to this. Don't <laughs> looking at me like, wrap it up. I almost fell asleep listening to this. <laughs> Bridget Jones has a best friend who was in like a, a teen band and had a one hit wonder. And he's so used to people calling him out in crowds yeah. and being like, oh, aren't you the fellow from, you know, Third Eye Blind or whatever. And in there's a scene where they're out to dinner and someone taps him on the shoulder and he's like, oh, you know how fans are. Like, oh, yes, it is me and I'm very famous. And it turns out that his chair is on someone's dress and they can't walk, but he assumes that they're just there to compliment him. Yeah. And I swear there have been times when people have been like, excuse me, miss. And I'm like, why, yes, I am an inspiration. <laughs> I haven't actually said that, but they're like, you park too close or like, hey, that's my shopping cart. And you go like, to the mall with big sunglasses on and wait for people to ask for your autograph right. to, to but validate your not choices. in big ways, but there have definitely been times where I'm like, why, yes, I am an inspiration. Like, and yeah. that's not at all what. But I think that's our way of saying we get that. Uh, we get that. You, we need a goal. We need to move forward. And I think that. I do that in a couple of different ways. One, I have made it my goal to stay under a certain weight, and that is an achievement. Every time, every year that I end where I you know, am under a certain weight, every month, every week, I consider that an achievement, and it is very satisfying to keep that going. Well, and I think in the past, if because we're, if nothing but metaphors, I used to think that maintenance would be like being on a lovely pool floaty and being in a pool and just enjoying and sipping a cocktail. Right. Maintenance is treading water all of 
the time. And if you yeah. stop swimming, you're going to sink. And I think that is the big metaphorical difference in all of this is that it's not just a destination, you know, like where you're just like, oh, the Santro Paytan, like here I am in the like, you have to work for it. Or if you don't work for it, you'll go back to where you were. And it's not a judgment. It's just the way water works. Yeah. So. And the other part, the second part of adjusting that focus is to, I have added, we both have added and refined things to our fitness program. I was just concerned with getting to a certain weight at a certain point, And all I did was steps. And when I got down to that weight, I realized that I could do things like add strength training uh, to it. And so I focused on trying to, you know, do the perfect push-up and to increase that. And then we added things like doing the Blogilates videos online um, that we talk about all the time. And I also decided to add climbing stairs to uh, my list of things to do. And so I, you know, instead of just getting a steps goal, now I have a floors goal and I've gotten that up to 50 floors a day. So I walk up and down the stairs 50 times every day at a minimum. And, you know, I have set other goals. I have this idea. I'm I'm not quite, you know, sure when I'm going to happen because the weather's getting hot. But I have this idea that I want to walk 700 floors up and down the stairs 700 times in one day because that's the top Fitbit badge. And I've kind of set that as a He's goal. It's all about the badges. And I, I have added these goals to my fitness uh, routine to kind of keep that hedonic treadmill in motion. Well, and I think the... I have kind of two things to say about it, but that idea of having those all of the non-scale victories, if you can make a list of all of the things about your life that are different now at goal weight or the things if you're still just starting out, things that are a struggle for you. It is hard for me to get out of bed. I have leg cramps every night. It is hard for me to get up the stairs. I always was afraid of like normal size stalls at bathrooms. I would wait for the handicap stall because I needed a bigger stall to fit into. Yeah. Seatbelt extenders, being out of breath, being sweaty all the time, being hot all the time. Oh like, my goodness. We did the episode of 100 Ways Our Lives Are Better Now After Losing the Weight. And if you can really focus on those things, those non-scale victories, all of those matter. In terms of having goals at your goal weight – the, you know, for me, I've done yoga for 50 days in a row. I'm, I'm, that's amazing that. to me, by the way. I have no interest in that at all, but I'm so impressed <laughs> but by it. Donald has been doing 50 floors and I had no interest in that. And now in the month of May, I've decided to do 30 floors a day on weekdays. So I've started doing that and it was really hard at first. And now I have that. So improving. She form, just wants to make sure she's still better than me. That's what I it's all about. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But like, but crazy things like on her Fitbit, I can check my sleep score. How yeah. is my sleep score? How much sleep am I getting? Which factors into like staying up late and, you know, not getting enough sleep. Um, my heart rate has gone down since I've lowered, lowered my calorie range and I've lowered my weight. Looking at your cholesterol level, your BMI, collecting medals from doing virtual races or online races, signing up for 5Ks, how many push-ups can you do? What kind of, you know, yeah. what's your next fitness goal? Because I wasn't focused on any of that when I was losing weight. I didn't do any resistance training or anything in the 100-pound weight loss. It's only been since then that I've added those extra. There's always another goal out there. There's always something else you can learn. I had already lost the 100 pounds when I started to do things like read a Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yeah. Like I didn't have that. I mean, he it might have existed, but I didn't have that knowledge ahead of time. And it was only sort of afterwards that I was able to apply that. I read The Diet Fix by Yoni Friedhoff after I had lost 100 pounds. I've I've I read a a couple of books about binge eating and emotional eating afterwards, you know, after I'd already lost the weight. Sort of focusing and trying to learn even more and more about not only how can I keep the weight off, but how can I help other people, you know, along the way and not make the same mistakes that I made? Right. I mean, and, you know, when we had both of us were on the Half Size Me podcast separately, 
our ideas about weight loss were totally different than what they are now. And it's just part of the evolution. And I think maintenance is an evolution in itself because circumstances change. We have a lot of different ideas now than we did when we started this podcast. You know, know, we hear from people all the time who start listening to our podcast from the beginning. And and part of me, you know, I'm grateful to that. But part of me also cringes a little bit because I feel like we've really refined and improved, you know, our message over the last couple of years. Well, and another big thing about maintenance and the question of what do I focus on now and should I reduce my calories or, you know, do I look for a lower weight? Uh, My dear friend called me on this a while ago. I had put on a few pounds and had told her that I was, you know, back to eating at a deficit and had, a you know, a goal weight that I wanted to achieve that was lower than my, my maintenance. And she said, do you think that you are addicted to having a goal and you regain weight just so that you have that goal to still look forward to? Yeah. Because it's like getting that diploma or the day after the wedding or the day after. I think that's part of what Katie's email is speaking to as well. It's like setting that, do I set a lower goal anyway, just so I have a goal? Well, and, and here's sort of, I think what has changed is I, I recognize my self-sabotage as a way to have another goal. So you, you spill the milk so that you have something to clean up because you're so used to cleaning up that once that's done, it's like, well, now what do I do? Like, I used to think that my limitations were based on my weight, you know, like, oh, I didn't get the job or, oh, I didn't get whatever. And I don't have that excuse anymore. Now it's just me and I need to figure out what I'm doing. So I think watching that eagerness to have the next goal is a big thing to look at. But what I've learned more recently is that like I can have a goal weight and I, in a month I can decide if I want to change something. Yeah. Like there's no, okay, I'm at goal and this is my life or I'm doing 30 stairs a day this month. Do I want to continue that forever? I don't know. You know what? I'm going to re I'm going to look at it July 1st and see if that's still something I want to focus on. So we can always modify and adjust. Yeah. It's not like it's not like getting married where you're sort of committing to any one thing for the rest of your life. The, the commitment is to the general idea of maintaining your health and fitness, but you don't have to stick to one plan. You can try other things. And I try different things all the time and I modify how I eat and what I eat all the time. And it's a constant learning process and also helps keep me interested. And I think Lastly, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have some more stuff to say. Uh, I think to to kind of wrap this up, one other thing that I do now that I've reached goal weight is I try to apply what I have learned from weight loss to other parts of my life, and I think that also helps. You know, the baby steps idea, applying those to just whatever, to hobbies that I have, to work goals that I have, to finances, you know, and trying to refine and and work on other parts of my life also in the same way that I worked on my my weight loss and fitness is also something that has really helped me. Yeah, that's the problem with having insight on your personality is being able to be like, Oh, well, what am I willing to do? And I I think that that is a really big thing to ask yourself in any step of this. It's like, okay, well, you can't paint the house. What can you do? Well, I can sweep the front walkway to make it look nicer. Yeah. Okay, well, I can't get a new job. How can I adjust my mindset? I can't, you know, we can't get our daughter to do her homework all today. Well, what could she do? What could she do in five minute increments? Like, Applying all of that matters to so many different aspects, like Donald said, finances, retirement, forward thinking, like, and it's not a path that is, you know, it's not like a super highway with no exits, like we can pause and decide that we can change our minds, we can turn around if something doesn't work. And I think giving that freedom of like, this is what is okay now. Yeah, and I am capable of a growth mindset in all aspects of our lives. I think I, that I'm that's really a huge glad thing. you brought that up. And, and I think it ties back to what I was saying before about just deciding that I was not willing to cut my calories anymore to try and get down to an even lower weight. And so I had to accept the fact that if I'm not willing to do that, then I don't have a problem. Right. And it's it just is what it is. Yeah. And that could change. And yeah. right now I am, you know, like I said, my my year four of maintenance is kind of a 
keeping it very simple, what worked before? Oh, a deficit worked and not eating after 8 p.m. And like, that's my cornerstone habit. It's what got the weight off. And that's what I'm focusing on now. And it's yielding results. But having all of those non-scale things to focus on, deciding what I'm ready to do next. Three months ago, I was like, I'm not going to do yoga every day. That's stupid. And, yeah. and then I was like, I'm going to do five minutes of yoga a day. And then that turned into 10. And now I'm doing, I'm on month two of a 30-day, you know, everyday program. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. So I'm glad I didn't just rely on the me of two months ago to decide my future fate. So with anyone out there, this is an, an active process. It's not a number. It's not a finish line. We're evolving, and we just have more experience to back up our next choices and decide, based on our circumstances, what we're ready to do next. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. I think that's a good place to uh, to stop and move on. If you like Katie, and thank you, Katie, for, uh, you know, we've been talking about doing a maintenance episode for a long time. A long time. And I think your uh, your email really, uh, really inspired us to go ahead and do it. Um, if you would like to reach out to us, and uh, we, we will answer questions. Um, if you have a suggestion for an episode you'd like to hear, please, please, please get a hold of us. Uh, you can reach us at weonlylookthin at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at weonlylookthin, and you can also so join our women's only support group, Wolt Place, W-O-L-T Place, uh, where you can get additional support on your weight loss goals. That is the one thing that I did not mention in this episode is that support has been absolutely critical for my journey. Not so much for Donald because he's a lone wolf. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, I have your support here. So that's basically like the internet support. Exactly. But support has been critical to me. And for as much as I am a leader in Walt Place, having a safe space for me to talk about my struggles and my journey has been so amazing to just have a, a community of, of women to, uh, to, to be there for me. So that has been important. If you want to find out more about Walt Place, go to weonlylookthin.com and click on join our support group for more information. And if you uh, wouldn't mind doing us a huge favor, uh, go to Apple Podcasts, uh, give us a rating, and even better, uh, give us a review. It can just be a few words. Uh, really helps us out. It helps people find the show. The more ratings and reviews uh, that we have, the easier it is. The more Apple will uh, promote us in search results. And uh, we we really, really appreciate that. And if you could do that, it would be awesome. Yeah, it's an amazing non-scale victory for us, too. So. Exactly. Yeah. So if you ever find yourself uh, clutching onto a bag of Doritos in the back of a car as if it was your child. A Dodge child, Omni. <laughs> just remember that Catherine and I are an, an inspiration. Asian, Asian, Asian. And so is Katie. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.